<laughs> one, two, three, nine, <laughs> and me got 180 degrees. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Do you but know that I, song? No, I haven't. No. <gasps> three by Britney Spears. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Sing it again. One, two, three, not only you and me got 180 degrees and I'm caught in between. Is this the- Counting one, two, two three. three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, is, okay. I thought you were doing the, if you seek Amy one. All the boys and all the girls are begging to if you seek, seek Amy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Booked and Boozy Bitches. It's your girl, Brooke. And Jada. And we're coming back at you with Akafaf Part 2, A Kingdom of Flesh and Fire. We're so excited. Again, um, if you're new here, we do all of these episodes in one go. So you're hearing them at two, two parts in time, but we're doing it all in one. So we're drinking the same thing but let's give you a little bit of a reminder of what we're drinking. So Jada, tell us what you're drinking. Guys, I've been mixing tonight, so it's, it's been a little weird. I had my tequila-based drink, the Atlantean Blood, which is going to be on our Instagram page if you want to recreate it. And then I had some vodka, not some vodka, some Malibu lemonade combo to kind of keep me going. But now I'm going to like, I've got to taper off. I'm still very... I'm I'm still up there on the boozy scale. Don't worry, guys, because I've got a lot to cover. But yeah, that's what I'm drinking. Brooke, what are you drinking? I am drinking the same. I need to crack open my second one because this is pretty sad. But I'm drinking <laughs> <laughs> um, a Bud Light Seltzer strawberry flavored. Um, it's the same one from the first episode. <laughs> Only in one I have an excuse, but... Um, yeah, I can't get very boozy tonight, but Jada's doing it for us. So I'm not being very booked and boozy. I know it's okay. But you're about to get your chest cracked, basically. So <laughs> it is. It it's- is. <laughs> <laughs> so why are you drinking this week? I'm drinking because I am going to be on call um, for this week. So I'm just kind of gearing myself up for that gonna cry in the middle of the night when I get phone calls that's fine (laughs) why are you drinking that sucks I hate they do that to you uh I'm drinking for the obvious (laughs) reason that I'm getting my chest (laughs) cracked open (laughs) in two days gonna be out for a while we're recording we've recorded a lot of episodes ahead of time um because I am gonna be out for a while so Jada is going to have plenty of content to keep you guys interested. And then when we run out of content, she's actually got some ideas just in case. Just in case. Hopefully not, but just in case. (laughs) (laughs) On to the second portion of the polls. We asked you guys, do you think the joining will happen in book three? 89% of you said yes, and 11% said no. I, for one, think it's going to (laughs) happen. I do too, and not because, I don't even know if I want it to happen because it's a little weird. It's like they're all sharing their blood. Like It gets a little weird. Jada's looking at me like, bitch, why don't you want this to happen? It's a little weird, okay? But like, I'm not opposed to it. But I think it's going to happen because why would they bring it up? Like, why would JLA even, like, bring forth 
the idea if it wasn't going to happen at some point. So, I mean, I am not really thinking about the blood thing. I'm just thinking about like the three something. And I think that's where I'm excited about. I kind of like forget, <laughs> but the blood sharing thing, but like, what else? <laughs> but like, what else? <laughs> All right, guys, we are hopping in to part two. We are starting out at chapter 22. Basically, they finally made it to Spess's end. And this is the first time Poppy is actually truly being introduced to the people of Atlantia. Cass introduces her with her new title, aka the fiance, to Alistair's nephews. They bring them up to their room and like the tension is already there because it's like this whole Brooke hates it, but in public versus how they act in private, they're like a little confused. Like, do we keep the sexiness up? Like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, you're just going to do it. (laughs) But Brooke hates that. She's like, I'm done with the bullshit. Just fuck each other. But (laughs) I don't hate it. It's just annoying. (laughs) I know. Speaking of like, they went to bed and Poppy wakes up and she has legit immersed herself in our boy, Hawk, aka Cass. (laughs) Thought you were going to say cock. (laughs) (laughs) Aka cock. (laughs) You had to be there for From Blood and Ash. Hopefully, Hopefully you were. (laughs) but his hand was on her bare hip and she's like on top of him and she's like wow like i'm getting a little hot it's getting a little heavy you've adopted a phone sex voice i have yeah you're doing it (laughs) booked and boozy only fans coming 
He is possessed by the pussy. He's fine. It's a little bit more than the forbidden sugar. <laughs> it's a little bit more than that. <laughs> but she was like, I'm okay. So like, be careful. Like I've got a dagger up to your ass now. Like I've tried not to escalate the situation, but it's kind of starting to get out of hand. I'm going to read this like little stanza for you guys. <laughs> she was like, those all black eyes shook me. I willed my hand to stay steady. He was incredibly still as he stared down at me like a predator. Also, that's fucking weird. <laughs> the connection was made and his feelings rushed through me in a wave of gnawing darkness. Like, oh my God. And then she brings up the whole thing about Duke Tierman. And I was like, okay, I was like kind of feeling this. And now I'm like a little scared. But then she was like, <laughs> that killed the mood. I was like, ah, but that didn't stop Poppy. She eventually still was getting turned on after that. <laughs> and she was like, I felt something painful, but that wasn't the only thing that I felt. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> and I was like, his dick? But no, she's like, the lush, dark spice coating my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> what? I was like, what are we talking about? She's like, he was starving. I was like, oh my God, you know, like for what? <laughs> I was like, he wants some honeydew. And then I was like, oh, it's yeah. a that. And so like after that, like he basically like, this is getting graphic. Like, obviously, like, if you've read this book, it's, you know, it's graphic. There's, like, 47 sex scenes. <laughs> I just, like, really want to make this clear. Like, if you've listened to our podcast before, like, we are coming to new levels here. But, like, basically, he went down <laughs> <laughs> and ate her out. Like, it was the last thing this man was ever going to do. It was the last supper. It was, yes, Jesus Christ was there over in the corner. Like, it was the Last Supper, minus the blood, which, like, possibly could be a thing later. Like, I would not put it past it at this point. The sacrifice. The blood in the body. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, like, bitch was, like, here for it, okay? She was like, wow, like, this is, like, is this what it is? Right here, right now, I was like, listen, like, we are in danger. <laughs> <laughs> like that meme of the guy sitting there with the room on fire, and he's like, I'm in danger. <laughs> yeah, and, like, homegirl was, like, screaming, and, like, Kieran comes in, and he's like, shit. <laughs> While homegirl is, like, getting the best head of her fucking life, probably. <laughs> And he was like, I heard you scream. And he was like, oh. <laughs> but then Cass turns around and like looks at him like Schmeagol with black eyes. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> he was like, Cass, do you remember me? Like we're friends. Like, please don't murder me. Like I'm not trying to like take away this moment from you. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, get out. <laughs> But then homeboy snaps out of it and he says the words, honeydew, and just like walks out. Like, I don't know. I would have been like, 
come back. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is another scene. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. We're about to get there. <laughs> so Kieran came in the next morning and was like looking her over, making sure she wasn't hurt. And this was like kind of cute. And she was like, to be honest, he did not force me into doing anything. <laughs> But she's like, but I'm not going to say that right now because I wanted his ass. And she was like, but tell me what's up. Kieran was like, listen, homeboy wants to eat you in more ways than one. He needs to feed and not just on your yeast infection from the honeybee. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need to chill with that. But like, I can't help it. <laughs> I'm low-key like allergic to honeydew too. <laughs> The meme is just great all around. Oh, man. People are like, I'm checking out now. But okay. I'm, anyways, he was like, you could have died from that head. And I was like, well, at least she was going to go happy and satisfied, which is like <laughs> not something a lot of women can say. So I was like, you know what, girl? Get your head. <laughs> Get that bread. Get that the head. The head. Leave. Leave. <laughs> <laughs> Kieran then takes her to the bay and he tells her that Castile seems more alive, minus last night, when he is with her. And she goes, she just kind of slits it in. She's like, Did Shay come here? Hello? <laughs> and I was like, Girl, I would have done the same. But Kieran was like, You know? And he was like, Fucking Alistair. And I'm like, Fucking Alistair. He spilled the beans, which is, like, why I didn't like him. Because, like, he spills the beans on, like, these little topics, I feel like, to make her insecure. Like, she's just – he's just perfectly setting her up. I just – I'm not a fan of him. <laughs> that's an interesting that, – that's an interesting take. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't take it that way. But go ahead. But he was like, don't bring her up. She's a part of him. Like, step down, Kieran. I'm saying this to him in retrospect. Step down. You did not need to say that because, like, we all know what actually happened. Also, that's, like, a big ouch. Like, ouch. Right. Like, fuck off. Like, that's my only qualm with Kieran. (laughs) (laughs) But then Kieran hit her with some cold, hard truth, and that is that Cass is basically in love with her without saying it. And he is risking a lot and not only that but he's kind of like dying from not drinking her blood yeah because he's like i mean okay so basically and we all know this when he had like that first taste of her blood and this is where like i really feel like the heart mates things kind of plays in however apparently it's like a thing with atlanteans who like have someone that they fall in love with which we find out through kieran but like basically Cass is obsessed with her, and, like, honestly, I think that's kind of hot. And also, like, props to you, Poppy. Like, we know it's iconic. Like, we just know. And, like, we need to give you that right now. He (laughs) – Are you talking about her WAP? Of course. The WAP is great. (laughs) It has to be, right? What is that saying? It's, like – it's a TikTok. It's, like – my anxiety is chronic, but this ass is iconic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. But that's when Kieran tells her, like, I think you guys are heartmates. And, like, I, this is the first time we hear the word heartmates. And I just want to know what was your first impression? 
Um, I didn't like the word. I thought the word was really cheesy, but I was like, ooh, I'm here for another mating bond. Like, I love the mating bond. It's something that, like, I miss in, like, a lot of books. Just, like, that soulmate thing. Like, I love the soulmate trope. So, like, I was like, I'm here for it, but, like, can we can we change the wording? Yeah, honestly, I, would, I felt like soulmate would have just, like, been suffice. But I'm almost wondering if it's, like, going to be a little bit more than soulmate because, like, humans feel like they have soulmates. But, like, we're in a fantasy novel. Like, is it going to amount to something that's a little bit different, like the mating bond where they have, like, this internal, like, mental connection? Are they going to have something special? That's what I hope for. I freaking hope so. But, like, so Poppy was kind of like, okay, like, that's a little intense, but I'm here for this. And Karen's like, I'm glad you were, like, finally, like, acknowledging that you have some feelings for him. Then she's like, okay, listen up, Karen. I am going to offer myself up as dinner. And he was like, yeah, he needs you, sis. Like, let's do this. So, and like, she didn't know in that moment that it was literally going to be like, let's do this. Like, let us do this. She did not know it was going to turn into an us thing, but it does. And like, for whatever reason, while Poppy is like trying to work herself up to basically like let Cass feed on him. And it's just like, it totally like kills the mood. But like, I understand why it's here. But, um, he like dropped he drops the truth bomb on her about the joining and she's like okay a it has to do with sex b it will give her immortality and c a woman aka kieran would have to be involved and she would be alive as long as he was alive and he was like and this is this i will agree with you this is where she kind of annoys me because she's like yeah, like, he's not planning to keep me around that long. It's like, girl, he sent for you hard. Please open your eyes. <laughs> I got annoyed. It wasn't like I was annoyed with attention. Like, I'm an attention girl. Like, I love that. But I was annoyed with the fact that they were so fucking blind to each other. Like, it was obvious. Like, it's very obvious. And, like, people are telling them. And they're like, no, I don't think so. And I'm like, yes. He likes you. It's very obvious. I think that's what I was <laughs> it's, not, it's not that they're like playing this little role game. It's like they don't even fucking see it. Mm. I will agree with that. So Cass comes in and apologizes, but homegirl was like, listen, I don't give a fuck about that. The joining. I was like, same. So Castile laughed his head off because he was like, did, did fucking Alistair bring this up to you? And she was like, yes. And he was like, Alistair, talking about sex. And she was like, yes, like, please move on from the conversation for the love of God. And he was low-key thinking about it, but he, like, tried to derail the combo and was like, look, I know you will leave and pretend the marriage didn't happen. And he's, like, waiting for her to be like, no, bitch, like, I'm going to stay. But she didn't. Then she finally was like, okay, look, listen, I know you need to feed and he was like, Kieran, like he fucking said something. I know he did. And she was like, listen, Cass, I know you aren't fine. Stop bullshitting me. Like we need to get this over with. And she was like, I know you're starving because I felt it. And I'm offering you this right now. So take it, you fucking idiot. But he's like, only if Kieran's here. And I'm like, ooh, ooh. (laughs) 
<laughs> with us. I was like, is the joining happening right now? <laughs> I literally thought it was going to happen in this scene. It's, getting, it's about to get spicy. Honestly, I will say the first time I read this, I was like, this is a lot. This is um, very adventurous, very creative, but I don't know about it. <laughs> there is so much fucking sex in this book that I, I was like, this is a porno. <laughs> There's a lot of sex in this book. Yeah, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it either, but I was like, again? Okay, but I mean. <laughs> Listen, I have two sides. I have like the pride and prejudice side where like literally Mr. Darcy like fans his hand out and like that gives me like the same level as like pop. I mean, and pop and hockey. <laughs> <laughs> and that is like on the same level as Hawk and Poppy for me. Like when they're having like these smutty little scenes, like it's like on the same level, but like different. So I'm here for it all. But okay, so like here is Kieran's mass of a body next to her. Cass literally starts taking a snack, a bite, if you will. They both are like, because he stops all of a sudden and they're like, bitch, that's not enough. Like, that's not enough. Like, we know that. And she kind of like gives him a little bit of permission. And then like he does it again and he starts getting a little more savagey and like some moaning starts to happen and i'm like okay like this is getting escalated and then poppy started to become turned on <laughs> and kieran was like scrunched up against the wall while they be dry humping each other <laughs> is the ultimate third wheel <laughs> <laughs> like if you think you're the third wheel like back off kieran <laughs> is like the definition in the book oh my god <laughs> i felt bad for him quite honestly no same you know in his mind he was like am i getting in on this <laughs> or am i not <laughs> <laughs> honestly i think he like saw Cass's boner and he was like listen that's enough <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I do too. Do you think if the joining happens, do you think it's going to be like like a Castile Poppy and then like a Poppy Kieran? Or do you think it's going to be like a whole like threesome? I think it's going to be like a whole threesome. Yeah, I think it's going to be a whole threesome. We can only hope, right? It's going to be like, like a polygamy thing. I mean, that's kind of what like the joining is. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> So Kieran was like, okay, I'm going to leave. Like, are you sure you're okay, Poppy? And she was like, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm more than okay. Please leave. And so, um, peace out. yes, peace out, eat out. <laughs> so as soon as Kieran leaves, Cass is already on her. Let me do this for you. Like, I know you want it. Like, let me do this for you. You have already done so much for me, let me take away the ache. It's the only way I know how. And I'm like, damn, I wish, I wish somebody be talking to me like that. No, no. Can you hear me? <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. Like, we don't need to get in that. But like, for real. <laughs> and so like, he legit like literally gives her fucking cake and lets her eat it too. 
But then like, this is my personal kink that comes up. Like she finishes and she feels like this wet spot on her back. And she's like, what is this? Cass came on her without even like, she didn't even touch his ass. And I was like, that is pussy power. Like that is hot. Yeah, it was hot. No, it honestly is. Like, and it was hot. It wasn't in like a, like a 40 year old virgin way. It was in like a, this guy has a lot of fucking sex. And like, you would think he would be able to kind of like control himself. And like, he couldn't. Yeah, no, like that is like the, the ultimate. Like, honestly, like that's boss mode. In my opinion, if you have that much of an effect on a man, like that is it for me. So there we go. Hope you're not throwing anybody under the bus there. No, I wish. (laughs) Same. (laughs) You have to think about it. (laughs) No, it's more like sometimes the opposite problem. That's only happened to me one time. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, but that's besides the point. It's... The next day, she was a little low-key embarrassed, but she was like, it was worth it. Let me work it. And Cass takes her to Spess's end on one condition, and it's that they pretend to be just Hawk and Poppy. And then he swoops on her, kisses her, and says that her laugh makes him undone. He takes her on, like, this horseback riding and, like, there's beautiful scenery towards Bess's end and they find this like quaint little village. It's like very romantic and everyone just seems so welcoming. She said, I start, I started to pretend again, but this time he was Castile and I was Poppy and he was truly my prince. So I was like, yes, we are growing. We are admitting feelings. It definitely didn't have to do with the great head. Two nights ago, like, we're just doing great here. I'm so proud of you. She then meets Kieran's sister. While they're kind of, like, waiting to, like, go inside the house, Kieran kind of is like, yo, you, like, won't even look at me. And I thought this was actually nice. He was like, what you felt is natural, and that's okay. But then he was like, try the wrist next time. It'll maybe a little less sensual. And I was like, that's a beautiful burn. Her and Netta, Kieran's sister, get along great because, one, they both want to stab Kieran sometimes, and as well as Cass. And minus the fact that Kieran was kind of like, smell this bitch. Like, I felt like she smelled like death. Uh, (laughs) She told her after she also smelled her and was like, well, yeah, you do smell old. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, like... Her confidence level is, like, drowning. And, like, Cass tried to, like, revive it and was like, you smell like honeydew to me. But then, like, he, of all people, was like, but, like, your blood does taste kind of old. <laughs> like, what? Like, why did this even need to be a thing? Like, obviously, obviously it's building up to the end, but, like, did did she really need to smell old? Did she? <laughs> Does she need to taste old? I'm a little more concerned. <laughs> Rotten honeydew. Yuck. So, but a loud crash interrupted their combo, and we find out that Beckett had been hurt outside, his legs completely broken, 
and he is in so much pain. He's like trying not to shift into his woven form, which could possibly like leave him basically paralyzed for the rest of his life if he did during that state and how much damage was done to his legs. See, and this she- is the part where I was like, oh no. I know. Because he's like a puppy in my <laughs> I know. And so she does her thing where she like reaches out to try and like reduce his pain to prevent him from turning, but like bitch starts glowing. <laughs> <laughs> And she heals him, which I was like, okay, like this is starting to become really badass and I'm 100% here for it. Everyone was kind of stunned and they were like, we thought you were an empath bloodline, but like empaths don't really do that. They were like, I hope you're not a soul eater. I was like, okay, we introducing too much. (laughs) You're telling me. I was so... (laughs) The logistics of this book is so (laughs) over my head. Maybe I'm not ready for new (laughs) adults. No, I'm ready. (laughs) For my small brain. So Cass, I know, like we're already (laughs) drunk and we're trying to go through the fucking family tree. Like, please, for the love of God. (laughs) If we ever fuck up, just like know that like we just like, we we don't have the mental capacity for it on this podcast, not with our booziness. Like, just teach us anyways with love. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you knew what you were getting into. There's a disclaimer. Cass was like, wow, like, I really want to rage fuck you right now. Like, I am so grateful that you know how to glow, bitch. Like, it is hot as fuck. If you lucky, we in public. But, like, let me drop some truth bomb like we getting married before my parents so there's that it's like this whole fucking thing like it's just like blah, 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 blah. oh yeah we get married tonight um i saw that we're getting married tonight so she was like i know you're lying i know you're worried about like this whole soul eating thing and i don't need to read your emotions for that but like yes i will marry you i was like okay we're getting places like <laughs> it was just all this info <laughs> Alistair, of course, was the first to be like, yeah, no, you need to get permission. And he was like, Cass was like, no, I don't. My mom's just going to be happy that I might give her a grandchild. Like, stay in your lane, Alistair. Then he's like, let's blow this popsicle stand. We don't need his opinion. I want to show you something. And we are going to Brooke's favorite part. This is my favorite part. So he takes her through this field of poppies. So romantic. I'm like, wow, like this bitch is about to get railed, like in the cave. (laughs) As soon as they said cave, I was like, ooh, like this is where it's going. (laughs) And he was like, okay, we have like an hour. I'm going to go check on the horses, aka I really hope that you are naked as fuck when I come back. Even though, like, this is his childhood cave where, like, his brother and his, like, he also brought his ex. Like, whatever. Like, that's besides the point. That's the scene we're heading into. And she sees Castile start, like, stripping. And she's like, oh, geez, this for real? And he gets... (laughs) (laughs) He, like, watches him, too. And I'm like... I know. Give me the visual. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm like, okay, like, it's happening. And... He knows she's turned on like within two seconds, obviously because he can smell it. And like he starts 
putting the moves on her, might I add. And she was like, listen, we can have sex, but on one condition. I don't want to pretend you are Castile. I am Poppy. This is real. And I was like, yes. Like me, I was screaming at this point. I was like, this is what I've been waiting for. I was like, the connection, like, this is great. Like we're getting over this part. It was like 2 a.m. last night for me when I was reading this. And I was like internally screaming. I was like (laughs) biting a pillow. And I was like, fucking finally. And I really thought that this is where they were going to stop pretending. And so he was stunned and like almost kind of silent for a second. And she was like, can you agree to that? And he was like, yes, Bibi, I can. I can agree with t- to that. And he says, always. And then it gets a little cringy for me for a second, but I kind of like love it because <laughs> they were like, this is where I'm like, this is porn. Like this is porno level <laughs> because he was like, hold on, baby. We don't have much time. I'm about to take you on a roller coaster ride. <laughs> it was kind of like that. And he was like, hold on to me, baby. You about to get- <laughs> it's about to get wet. I was like, what in the slip and slide is this? So it's a long way down. I know. Oh, <laughs> Kieran, of course, was waiting outside the fucking cave. He's like, I can smell y'all. I'm like, come on. And he was like, be right back. Like, I know it's Kieran. I was like, what the fuck? Invite him in. God dang. He legit, though, brought them, like, fresh clothes and a towel. And I was like, the intuition is impeccable. Like, he would be great in bed. Like, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Bringing the towels and shit. Right. But as they are getting ready, Castile looks at her and is like, I know what we've done here stays here. And I was like, I'm about to throw hands. I'm legit about to throw hands. I'm about to yeet the book. Like, this is not cool. I was like, we were moving on. And then we took two steps back. So we're in the same spot. Alistair then came into the picture, always willing to ruin a good fucking moment. And... He was kind of like talking to Poppy off to the side and he was like, I've seen him in love, Poppy. Like you old fucking bitch, back off. Like this, like I'm telling you, I didn't like him. So then he was like, oh, he was like, XOXO, Alistair. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't I, didn't he tell you that he's like promised to another? I was like, the rage. I was like, I have rage. (laughs) Alistair stirred the pot and now everyone was pissed at each other. And Cass was like, you know, I don't like her. And it's a, and it's so low of you to bring it up. Jasper, he's like walking in on like a rough moment. And he just seems like this really cool, like Obi-Wan Kenobi type dude, like with his shit together. And he's like, can y'all calm down? You're killing my vibe. Cass then legit starts spitting out sonnets about Poppy, like how he's so in love with her. And then it turned on her doing the same thing. And like, I'm just like, literally like y'all killed my vibe. You guys were like, oh, we don't love each other. Like, we're just going to pretend that we're Hawk and Poppy. And then as soon as like, we were like, oh, we're Poppy and Castile. Like you take it away from me and then you start this shit. So yeah, it starts turning into this whole love fest and like, Somehow we get into this, like, they talk about their love for stabbing each other, which is, like, really interesting. They were, in quotation marks, 
acting, but like we know they are not. And like, despite their efforts of like trying to convince everyone around them, Poppy could still like taste the hatred in the air from everyone around her. We then, as a little side note, we find out that his mother had actually stabbed his father several times. (laughs) (laughs) And that the apple does not fall, as Poppy would say, from the crazy tree. At the end of this chapter, Poppy like truly realizes that she's not being held captive anymore. She is doing something according to her own free will. Like the door was not locked and that broke her to tears. And like speaking of free will, that includes her loving Castile. And she went to bed knowing she would do whatever it takes uh, to make their situation work. She fell asleep and later on, felt the weight of someone climbing into bed with her and she reaches for her dagger, but here's our man Cass say, are you going to stab me in the heart again? (sighs) It just feels like such a double meaning, like when he says that, because he's scared, because he knows it too, that they're falling in love. Yeah, I agree. Moving on to the last part. The final few chapters starts off with a big oof because she finds out that he's practically like kind of already engaged and she is not happy. We don't blame her for it. Like what the heck? Also, like here were my thoughts before you started talking and it's like I've changed my stance, but these were my thoughts while I was reading the book. Alistair always like, oop, you didn't know about that? Whoopsie, like... I'm dropping a serial-sized truth bomb on everyone. (laughs) Like, is he senile or is it intentional and kind of, like, manipulative? And as you've been, like, talking, kind of laying it back out, and, like, I'm listening to it for the second time around, I'm like, there kind of does seem to be some malicious intent behind it, possibly. It seems very intentional and also, like, he's too close to the situation because his daughter used to be basically like Castile's lover and then also I mean his niece is like betrothed to Castile like he's like in this web that just seems like he has a very strong motive maybe he feels like he's being betrayed almost because like his daughter was dead and now Castile doesn't want to marry his like niece or whatever and like it almost feels like very manipulative like maybe he wants his own family member in the royal line i don't know if that i don't know if it's that or if he's just like really upset that it's not his daughter it's something (laughs) it's something yeah (laughs) it's definitely something and basically she like calls him out on it he's like i can't believe you just said that like he actually gets really mad and basically lays it out all on the table he's like this is an arranged marriage we're like an arranged engagement between me and Alistair's niece and my parents just want me to marry her so that I can take the throne and I can forget about my brother which that is also like really fucked up but he never wanted it he didn't want to marry this girl he didn't want to forget about his brother and I'm like yes go you don't do what's expected of you and he starts to get like really fed up with like the pretending thing at this point. And I'm like, fucking finally. <laughs> yeah, for real. We tired too. <laughs> He's basically like, I don't want her and I'm not worthy of you. 
And I don't know how you could ever even want me after everything I've done. But then one of the guards interrupts and says, the sky is on fire. (laughs) What? (laughs) They go outside and realize this guy is not on fire. I mean, obviously, but something is, and it's enough to make the sky look like it is something in the distant, something big in the distant is on fire. So they send Dante and Delano to try and figure out what it is. And in the meantime, they prepare for battle and just wait because there's nothing else they can do. Jasper tells her that he doesn't, she doesn't smell of death, but she does smell old and he doesn't think that she's an empath. Or at least not like 100% empath. Maybe she could be like from one of the other bloodlines as well and be like a mix. Jasper knew the whole, (laughs) Jasper knows. Like Jasper has to know. You think so? He's just, he seems so woke to me, you know? Yeah, he does. They are alerted to their men coming back, but all they see is a blood-soaked white wolf, Delano. Poppy goes out and she heals him. And when he's finally lucid enough, he tells them that there are hundreds of ascendant army, about 200 and many more further behind. So to kind of clarify a little bit, there's like a small portion that are relatively close to them. And then there's like a shit ton more soldiers, like a couple more days behind. They were vastly outnumbered because wherever they're, wherever they are, I can't even remember what the city's called, but they only have like a hundred plus people there, like not very many. And they're like, oh shit, this is going to be bad. Castile orders Kieran and Alistair to go back to Atlantia and take Poppy with them while also sending an army back their way to help. And Poppy is like, hell no, her stubborn ass stays. And it's a good thing that she does. They wait because that's all that they can do. And while they do, Poppy goes to bed to get some sleep and Castile comes in later that night, obviously needing some. He was up all night long. He didn't have any sleep. This bitch tired, but he's not ready to sleep yet. And he's like, we need to finish that conversation. Basically, they both come to find out that neither of them were ever even pretending to begin with. Shocker. Wow, that is such a surprise. I did not see that coming. (laughs) But Castiel is like, but I don't know what I'm feeling. Can you help me? Typical fucking man. Doesn't know what he's feeling. Not in tune with his emotions. So she's like, yeah, sure. And like reaches out with her little like abilities and she tastes chocolate and berries. And I'm like, that's a little cliche, but whatever. And she's like, it's love. And so, oh God, it was a little much for me. (laughs) (laughs) It was a little too like on the nose, but whatever. Poppy places her hand on her chest and she says, it's you, it's me, it's us. And everything is perfectly splendid. Wow, there's just so many crossovers in this episode. It's not even funny. <laughs> if you haven't seen, uh, is it called like The Haunting of Blind Manor? Yes. It's the, it's the second season to A Haunting of Hill House. You need to go watch it. It's amazing. But like literally, I read that line today and I was like, that's Blind Manor. <laughs> that's exactly what they say. I know. <laughs> So they have this huge heartfelt conversation about how they have feelings for each other and how they can now get married for reals. And he like reproposes, which I thought was appropriate. It's happening today, by the way, the marriage. 
I was like, this is escalating very quickly, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> Netta comes in and she brings her this like scandalous dress. It's got like a sheer lower half. It's red. Like it's very sexy, like for the wedding. And I'm like, okay, this is different, but I'm here. She fixes her hair and Poppy realizes that she misses Tawny because this is what they used to do together. Get ready. They got ready for the ride together. Tawny would come fix her hair to make Poppy feel pretty, you know, when she couldn't feel pretty ever. Nobody ever even saw her. And Poppy was kind of that person for her. Or Tawny was kind of that person for Poppy. The ceremony starts and she walks down the aisle with her dagger strapped to her thigh. (laughs) (laughs) Very appropriate. None of us are surprised. But they do this like weird dirt blood ritual, which is like sweet when you're reading it, but like kind of weird when you step back and think about it because they like rub the rings in the dirt and then they like cut their hands and then like hold hands, smashing their hands together. And I'm like, wow, hepatitis, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) And so they let like the blood like drip down their arms onto the dirt covered rings. And then they put the rings on each other on their pointer fingers. And I'm like, this is just, it's not too weird yet. It's a little like culty for me, but it's fine. And then they get this tattoo on their palms that signifies their bond. And it only fades if one of them dies or if the marriage is annulled. Right then, in that moment, the entire sky turns black as the clouds cover the entirety of the sky, like they're looking around and it's like black everywhere. And then it turns suddenly clear, allowing the sun to shine down on them. And Jasper says, Niktos, even asleep, approves of this marriage. Yeah, I had to like pause and think about how I was going to pronounce that. (laughs) Niktos. Niktos. And so this is the second omen that they encounter in this book, but it's a good one. So then the wedding night happens and it gets a little interesting, a little bit even more culty than the the marriage, the wedding, but whatever. They go to their room and Poppy asks Castile about heartmates. And they have this long conversation about it. And he says, it hasn't happened since the gods went to sleep. And even before then, it was very rare, but it's kind of dropped there. And we don't really even discuss heartmates again in this book. So we're kind of left on a cliffhanger even there. But then Castile is like, there's something I want to try. It's our wedding night and it's a tradition in the Atlantean whatever. It's it's very <laughs> weird. I don't I don't even know if I can use my phone sex voice. <laughs> very weird in my opinion. It gets very vampire-esque. I'm like thinking of Twilight and I haven't even read the books. Like my mind immediately goes back to middle school when like Kids were, like, biting each other on the neck, like, couples, like, those weird... What? You know those, like, weird couples that would stand in the corner and, like, they would, like, bite, like, actually bite each other, like, on the neck and, like, bleed to, like, they're, like, I'm... No. What? That was a thing. What? That was a thing back in middle school when, like, Twilight was big. And it made me think of this. (laughs) I guess I missed out on that. I'm sure it was there. I mean, like, we all know that, like, one girl who, like, pretends to be, like, a cat, you know? (laughs) (laughs) like at your school but it's like I do not remember that at all I don't know maybe it's just because I wasn't like even in the fandom whatsoever so it was even weirder for me (laughs) so it just stands out in my memory to be honest like the Twilight series is pretty fucked up I'm just gonna say it hmm okay but stay tuned (laughs) (laughs) I know I really I really really want to read them I'm excited so he like 
feeds on her while they bang and then she like also feeds on him like he's biting her neck and then like the weird part is i thought he'd like slit his wrist or like do like something he like slices his chest and i'm like she's just sucking his teeth blood <laughs> from his tit like what's going on here <laughs> he's like sucking on his chest he's like at her neck and they're banging and it's like i'm like okay this is a bit much it's a lot to take in it's a lot to take in it's probably not the weirdest thing we'll ever read but it's it's a little out there i'm not gonna lie also like i need to point this out because every sex scene i don't know if you notice this but like Whenever they bang, she talks about how she can feel his leg hair on her. And I'm like, what? Like, is this Jennifer L. Armentrout's kink? Because, like, it's almost every scene. Like, she talks about his leg hair. And I'm like, really? I've not noticed. Yeah. It's it's at least two or three, which is not most. (laughs) (laughs) That's honestly, like... (laughs) you in comparison to this book but But it's mentioned more than once and I'm like why why is this a thing like hair like that is so like most people like mention the like um the happy trail most people mention the happy trail (laughs) the happy trail I've never heard anyone mention the happy trail no people will talk about they'll be like the tuft of hair that goes from his navel ew 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 no do not say the word tuft (laughs) <laughs> I don't like the word tuft. I don't like that. They mentioned that in Agatar or whatever, and I was like, okay. I'm just not like a hair person. Like I like my men like completely like hairless. The leg hair is like the least, like the least sexual for me too. I'm like, why? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why? <laughs> they get done doing whatever the fuck they're doing, and they hear a call and they know that the battle has arrived. They're standing atop the rise, and a red carriage arrives bearing the royal crest. Duchess Tierman steps out, and I'm like, I thought we got rid of this bitch. Why is she back? <laughs> and she, she's surprised to learn that Hawk was actually the dark one, which actually also surprised me that she hadn't actually heard or put the pieces together yet. I was like, okay, you're a little bit behind, but whatever. Castile and the Duchess throw a few insults back and forth, and then she demands the maiden and says, she belongs to the queen. Poppy finally speaks up, even though she was supposed to stay hidden, and she says, I belong to no one, especially her. She tells her that the reason she says this is because the queen is actually her grandmother. And she's like, I can't believe fucking word this bitch says. Like, she's a liar. She's a vampire. Like, how am I supposed to believe her? They go back and forth for a while, and the queen realizes that the conversation is getting them nowhere. Instead, she presents them with gifts. Her men launch the catapults, and something crunches against the rise, leaving a red splat behind. It was heads. It was, it was severed heads. And not just any heads. The heads of Magda and Elijah and all the people of New Haven. That was rough. Yeah. I was not expecting that. Yeah. Also, I liked Elijah. I know. Well, this obviously pisses Castile off, and he jumps off the rise to the ground, and the battle begins. Castile and the guards are on foot. The archers are firing their arrows. It's a bloodbath. Quentin shows up, and Poppy's like, take this bow. I'm gonna go join the fight. Like, 
I can't take this anymore. I'm useless up here. Quentin is also actually surprisingly good at archery and he starts taking out people left and right and protecting Poppy and Castile. Then Poppy is caught by a guard and she puts her own dagger to her neck and says that she will kill herself just to save everyone else. Just in time, the Atlantean army breaks through the forest and outnumbers the Ascender army, ultimately winning the battle. While this is happening, Poppy slips into the carriage with the Duchess, who's just sitting there waiting for this to end, and stabs her, finally fucking killing that bitch. Which, like, I had mixed emotions about, because it was like, she's a vampire, she's obviously evil, she needed to die, whatever. But she was also, like, one of those, like, positive people for Poppy, like... She defended her as much as she could without, like, I guess getting hurt herself, which is not an excuse, but against Lord Mazine and her husband. And so, like, she was, like, more of, like, the positive vampires, even though she was still, like, shitty. Anyways, she got axed off. I kind of forgot about her. I was like, why did she come back? But whatever. Castile comes in the carriage next. Comes in the carriage. Um... (laughs) And they bang on her ashes, and I'm like, weird flex, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Then Poppy, after the battle is over, Poppy stays behind and heals everyone she can, or those that would let her. Can I just say this? Like, in the book, they were, like, banging in that carriage, and apparently, like, some of, like, Cass's guys, like, literally, like, stood outside the carriage to, like, protect it if, like, anyone came in. Like, mind you, the battle wasn't even over. They're just like, okay, I'm going to bang one out here. <laughs> oh, fuck. Y'all got this right. <laughs> Kieran then tells her that it was very odd because she he felt like he could hear her screaming for help and all the woven agreed with him. They all felt like they could hear her needing help. And this is important to note for later. The next day, they set off for actual Atlantia. They're on Atlantean soil, but they're going to the home state. The trip is quiet. Everyone has someone to mourn from the night before. And on their way to the mountains, they pass through a path with trees of golden leaves. And I, it was just a beautiful scene, just something to note. Not very important. But once they get to the mountains... The mist overwhelms them, and Castile, Poppy, and Kieran are forced to cuddle to keep warm. <laughs> and I'm like, here we go again. Like, they're <laughs> easing us with the joining at this point. I'm like, it, it's going to happen. It just is. But then Poppy has a nightmare that leads her to sleepwalk. And in her dream, a woman tells her to go no further. She's awoken by Castile and Kieran yelling for her to wake up. She looks ahead and she almost walked off a cliff. So they kind of brush past that. They go down the mountain and they arrive at the Great Pillars and walk into Atlantia. When Castile is pulled aside by Alistair and Beckett pulls aside Poppy. And he takes Poppy to the gods' chambers. She's taking in the beautiful sights when she's ambushed by Atlanteans. A betrayal has happened by Beckett and I was so upset by this because he was like this little puppy and I was like I love this little guy he's so cute he was like jumping around like chasing butterflies and shit and I was like I love him like yeah like he's our Hufflepuff yeah but it's like I feel like he was highly manipulated by Alistair because he's a manipulative ass bitch so he's so young I mean like he's literally a puppy in my brain so like he's probably easily manipulated Yeah. So they begin stoning her. 
she like in this moment, she can't help but take in everyone's emotions at once and basically unleashes it back onto them. In this moment, the sky turns black and a bloodstorm begins, literally raining down red on everyone. And she kills all of those who came after her. Castile and his parents rush to her side. Castile is struck with awe at what he's seeing. And his mom lays down her crown at the statue of Nikto's feet and says, lay down your swords and bow before the last descendant of the most ancient ones. She who carries the blood of the king of the gods within her. Bow before your new queen. That's an awkward way to meet your mother-in-law, but um, okay. Yeah, honestly, I had to legit reread that last chapter probably three times because I didn't understand what the fuck was going on. <laughs> no, same. And I read it very quickly because I was trying to get through it to be able to annotate to be able to do this podcast. And so like, I don't really feel like I fully understand what happened. And so I'll probably reread it a few times too. I do have a few discussion points. One of them was, do you trust Alistair? (laughs) Hard no. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've already made that one clear. What do you think her dreams are about? Ooh, that's a, that's a good one. Um, I wish that, I was refreshed a little on what she dreamt about. I know there was like the whole, the singing of the poppy thing. It's like, it's a recurring nightmare of her and basically her parents pretty much getting taken by the Craven. And every time like her mom gets taken, she hears like this eerie poem about poppies coming from someone, but she hasn't figured it out yet. And then in her last dream, she sees someone in very dark attire but she never sees the face. To be honest, I have no idea. <laughs> Same. I was hoping you had more insight <laughs> than me because I was like, I don't have this one figured out either. <laughs> uh, next. <laughs> <laughs> if it came down to it, do you think Hawk or Castile would choose Malik or Poppy? If Malik was fully mentally intact. Who is Malik? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, his brother. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think he would choose. I literally think Poppy would help him, like, get him out, you know? And honestly... If it came down to it, if somebody was, like, holding a knife between his brother and Poppy, like, they went to go rescue him, and Poppy got caught... Poppy would put a knife to herself and probably end it, and would it make him choose? Like, that's kind of how I feel. (sighs) Yeah, but you're not answering the question. If Castile had to I think he would choose Poppy. I do. I kind of agree. You know, it's kind of weird that this whole thing started with him wanting to go and rescue his brother. And now it's turned into maybe he probably has stronger feelings towards this girl that he was going to use (laughs) in order to try to get his brother back. It's just... It's probably a very unfair question because you don't want to... It's an unfair question. (laughs) You don't want to put, like, his sibling and Poppy against each other, but I could see that becoming, like, a real issue in these books. Well, I mean, he already chose once and uh, deleted his ex, (laughs) so... (laughs) Well, see, that's the thing. It's like, does his love run to a certain point? Or do you think he was just never truly in love with Shay? I don't think he was actually in love with her. I don't either. But blood is thicker than water. That's what they say. I don't know. I really think that 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 choice is going to come up. I hope not. 
I, I, I not. no, I don't like that. <laughs> so they haven't said, I love you to each other yet. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, they basically said everything but the L word. And honestly, I am, I'm okay with that. I mean, they, they, they've gotten married. <laughs> like, come on now. You know, but there was a, like a section in one of the last few chapters where Castile, oh, it was like, it was like when Alistair pulled Castile aside and then Poppy went with Beckett. She thought he was going to say, I love you. And then he didn't. Well, I think he was about to say it, but like, I feel like he was kind of interrupted a little bit. Um, Also, maybe that's not the moment that like he wanted to say, I love you for the first time. Right. I think he's like saving it. I honestly feel like there's no doubt in my mind that like he actually loves her. I don't think it's going to be like some twist that he doesn't. I just think it's something that they're savoring. I hope so. I could see there being a twist, but I hope that. Shut it. <laughs> I know. Honestly, I was kind of scared because I was reading the chapter over and over again. I was like, is he turning on her? Because like there was like this part where it was like he basically got his sword out and I was like, what the fuck is this? I know. Same. But then he like bows bows down to her. So it's like mm. <laughs> 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 who do you think, and I feel like I already know the answer to this question, but who do you think tipped off the Ascenders to the fact that Castile and Poppy were at, wherever that castle was where they attacked, I can't even remember the place, what it was called. It's like Spessis or something like that. Who do you think tipped them off? How did they know they were there? Well, it was either, honestly, it could be Alistair. That's what I thought you were going to say. I mean, I sorry I'm getting predictable, but I just don't like no, his ass. No, no. <laughs> I hate his ass. Because I was thinking this too. I was like, it's Alistair or it was one of the people from New Haven that they tortured and they just tortured him enough to get the answer out of. Mm. I don't think it was addressed. I finished those chapters today and I don't remember reading it, but I was trying to read kind of fast. And then the last question I have are what were your theories to the twist at the end? Because we knew there was going to be a twist. And what are your theories for the next book? Well, like I have said, I do not. There is like this whole Facebook group that everyone keeps telling us to like get on. And like, sorry, guys, I have not joined it. We are actually thinking about like doing an episode where we go through all of the spoilers and like actually sit down and look at the family tree right before the next book comes out to kind of get everyone excited because like this is like a favorite series. I personally think that Poppy is half God. She's favored by them and that's because she is probably one. And reading back to what that girl said at the Red Pearl kind of like confirms it for me. What about you? So while I was reading of Kingdom of Flesh and Fire, my theory was that Poppy was Penelope. She was the goddess awoken and had forgotten who she was and had basically started her life completely over and was discovering herself and her abilities. I don't think that's the case because apparently she's the daughter of Niktos or the, the, the granddaughter or something. She's somehow related to Niktos. So that wouldn't make sense to me. She has to be like the daughter of some of these gods. But I thought she was the awoken Penelope. And then I also thought Castile was, they kept bringing up changelings in the book just over and over and over. And I was like, shit, 
like the real Castile is dead. A changeling has taken his form and he's tricking Poppy into marriage and loving him. And he's going to like screw her over. And I was like, oh my God. Obviously that's not the case for now. I don't, I don't think that's going to be the case. That's what ran through my mind a little bit. That is interesting that you thought that though. It was a very random thought. It just hit me like randomly in the book. And I was like, they keep bringing this up for a reason. Like the author would not keep bringing up changelings for no good reason. For the next book, I honestly have no idea what to expect. Obviously, she's the queen now. She's the queen of Atlantia. I was kind of surprised that Castile's mom just laid down her crown so easily. She was just like, oh, okay, it's yours. Here you go. Right. But I mean, honestly, like the gods were fucking angry because they were trying to beat Poppy up and they were not here for that. So yeah, but where were they when she was getting struck by um, the, the Duke when he was abusing her? I think a lot of it has to do with the culling. And I also think a lot of it has to do with her stepping onto Atlantean soil. Mm, That's a good point. Yeah. But I, I really, I I honestly have no idea what to expect from the next book. I have no idea what's going to come. I can't even make predictions. Cause I don't even know yeah. like are we gonna go down like the like the Greek mythology lane where we get more in tune with the gods and that sort of thing because they've kind of been on the back burner this entire series yeah it like, kind of has I feel like she's integrated it well though like she has it's been like a slow integration so I feel like they're getting more and more introduced to where but like oh, there's just so many of them <laughs> like you were I saying I know that's the problem like if I have to remember all the names of these Greek or not Greek, but these gods and goddesses, like, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm going to have to, like, literally, like, we're going to be podcasting, and I'm going to be, like, the meme of the guy that has, like, all these, like, red X's over, like, his newspapers, and it's just, like, literally yeah. in front of me. <laughs> oh, man. So, bro, are you drunk right now? No. <laughs> I'm like a solid 2.5, maybe a three, maybe. I feel like I've hit the negatives. (laughs) Like I'm not even playing. You're not even drunk at all? Like zero? I drink a full glass of water, you know, to prep myself because I have to work tomorrow. So I'm like entirely too sober. (laughs) I still got a little bit left with the seltzer. So I'm going to drink it before I go to bed, but I'm going to have a ton of water. But I mean, I've just had two seltzers over the last what we started at 9 30 and it's midnight i mean i think i'm good <laughs> i mean it's just like you're drinking water <laughs> like let's really be real <laughs> <laughs> so kill mary fuck let's bring up our lists okay you want to go first yes i do i kind of went like i kind of went like the not necessarily naughty root but like okay so there are like some movies aka i'm not trying to say twilight but like it's like one that's coming to mind where like when i was watching it i was like oh my god edward and jacob like you're so hot not jacob i really wasn't like a jacob girl but then um taylor lautner was my man when i was younger i loved him (laughs) (laughs) yeah See, we don't have the same taste. It's fine. That's actually a good thing. So, but now, like, watching back some of these movies, I'm like, who is this, honey? Like, hello, like, to, like, the older gentlemen 
And I'm like kind of here for it. So I kind of went that route. I went for the gentleman's club. You have <laughs> gentleman's club. <laughs> you have Alistair, Jasper, and Victor to fuck Mary Kill. All right. I'm getting my sugar baby brain on. Mary Victor, fuck Jasper, kill Alistair. Yeah, no, that's right. I feel like <laughs> Jasper would just like Obi-Wan Kenobi your ass. Like <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay, for you, I have, I just went the normal route. I should be thinking outside the box, but I'm not. Okay, Castile, Delano, and Netta. I love how I say Delano and not Delano. Well, I, yours sounds actually better than mine. So For once. I feel like <laughs> I kind of think it's Delano. I think I would want to marry Castile. I would fuck Netta and I would kill Delano. I feel like Delano wouldn't be that interesting in bed. I don't know. I just like the vibe he has. I mean, I think he's cool, but I think um, what's his face? Who was a little bit cooler um, to me? The guy that hanged out with Alistair a lot, that hung out with Alistair a lot. I, you know, I kind of forgot about him. He was just kind of like the creepy dude in the corner that laughed at everything in my mind. <laughs> Fuck, okay. <laughs> well, you just shit on that. Yeah, he was probably active, but like to me, he was like a very side character. Like I forgot about him. Yeah, okay. Fair, fair, fair. All right, guys. Well, that's the end of our Akafaf episode. This was so much fun. We love the book. Oh, we didn't rate it. How do you rate the book? Oh, like a 10,000 out of five. Blood and The whole Blood and Ash series is like, like a five out of five for me, like strong. What is it for you? You're you not give me a look. You I give think me a look. Like, if you rate it a three, I will come for you. Oh, not a three. Okay. I was going to say like a 4.3 to like a 4.5. I thought from Blood and Ash... I thought it kept my attention a little bit more. There were points in Kingdom of Flesh and Fire where I was just kind of like, they're just talking way too much for me. I honestly, I kind of enjoy that sometimes, but I can see how you would rate this book a little bit lower. But like, honestly, I read both the books in two days. So like, I honestly loved it. I Oh, it was great. It was fantastic. I'm not shitting on it. It's a great series. I oh, just no, I know. A little bit more. Yeah, no, I can see that. I can, I think it's fair. All right. Well, that's it for our AKFF episode. We're so excited to finally get this series to you guys. Thank you so much for recommending it to us. We are so grateful for it because we love it so much. Um, if you want to follow us on our socials, our Twitter, TikTok, and Patreon are Booked and Boozy. And our Insta and YouTube is Booked and Boozy Podcast. And as always, if you want to be featured on our listener episode please email us at bookedandboozy at gmail.com. Bye, bitch. Bye, bitch.